We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS Friday version. I am Scott Jensted, joined by Andrew Laird. As usual, we appreciate uh, the sponsorship by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. That is a fantastic sponsorship that we've done in baseball and football, so we thank them for that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Also, it does go a long way towards helping the podcast, helping people find the podcast, which are both very good things. Uh, we are at week four of the NFL season. Uh, Andrew, how are you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. It's um, We're starting to get into some bye weeks, so... Uh, I get to do the uh, ceremonial, no way the Jets can lose on Sunday tweet that uh, will inevitably uh, make my week Sunday four, uh, Week four bye weeks is like the dumbest thing ever, by the way. It's it's a killer. Like, th- there's just so much season left. And yeah. uh, if there's a, a positive for the Jets is that it's a, a week that Darnold can have mono that doesn't uh, include a game. So that's... That's nice, and they can't lose. So uh, all positives yeah, here for the Jets. It's man. funny both of uh, both of the teams we root for are actually off this week, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's a big disadvantage. I think that hey, getting it now, you know, you're, you, you, Donald points a good point. The Niners are a little banged up too, but I think of NFL season, you're always banged up at some point. But you go 13 straight weeks after this. That's uh, that's tough to have your buy this early. It's I mean it's an absolute killer, and obviously you know it's a few teams, but um, it just seems so just so early, like. Who needs a break at this point? I mean, obviously, some teams, I'm sure, would take it. But like, if you 
took a survey of all the teams and we're like, when would you like your bye week? Like nobody's picking week four. <laughs> no, and, and probably nobody's picking week 12 either, which is, extends all the way to week 12 this year. I think they just, I think you just kind of bite the bullet and have everybody like seven, eight, nine, have a bunch of teams off. I don't know how you do it perfectly, but uh, week four and week 12 seem like pretty big disadvantages. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, it it allows us to lower our player pool a little bit for Sunday. So I, theoretically yeah. that could help, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, only that uh, is, is topped by the fact that Raiders don't have a home game again until November 3rd. That's wild. Yeah. They have wow. a bye week in there. They have a uh, they have an overseas game. Or maybe it's a Mexico game. I forget where it is. But it's, uh, maybe it's London. I forget. They play somewhere outside of Oakland. They have like three road games in there. It's a crazy stretch. The uh, the Oakland A's are in the playoffs. And then you know everybody's like, oh, we don't have to worry about uh, the Raiders taking the field. And I was like, how is that possible? And I looked. It's November 3rd the next time they're home. It seems uh, a crazy stretch. That's the uh, total opposite with the Yankees and New York City FC, who will be both playing in the playoffs at the same time. Uh-uh. The uh, soccer team won this past weekend, almost clinched the top seed in the Eastern Conference. And they were I saw a picture that one of the reporters at the game tweeted out that the team was still on the field celebrating and the grounds crew had already brought the tractors out to take the sod up from the infield because the Yankees were playing the next day. Oh, uh, that is beautiful. That's uh, that's a good one. I've, I'm surprised the Yankees don't like kick them off to City Field or something like that. Uh, the they're just so um, money hungry that they can't afford to not have. Uh, I got gotcha. you. The uh, the soccer team there. It's a horrible, horrible place for soccer. Um, but I would I would imagine that it, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into the uh, the week four slate. Take a, a quick look at it, kind of overall before we jump into specific players. Uh, a few high totals this week. Uh, only one game over fifty, but we have a couple games at forty nine and a half. Uh, jump in those first. Interesting one to me. It's uh, the Redskins at the Giants. Over unders forty nine and a half. Giants minus three. Uh, I guess when you get two horrific defenses, you you tend to get a high total. To not, depending on not uh, not require the uh, good offenses in this case. It's it's a funny concept if I told you like six months ago, like, oh, we're going to be targeting a game with Case Keenum and Daniel Jones because it has a ton of points gonna, that are going to be scored. Um, you would have found somebody else to do the podcast with. And so, yeah, but here we are <laughs> we're like, yeah, let's get it. <laughs> Then we have the we have the Rams hosting Tampa Bay over under forty nine and a half. There bigger spread there. Obviously the Rams are favored by nine and a half. And then in the big bonanza game of the week we have the uh, the Chiefs headed to Detroit to face the unbeaten Lions. Uh, Casey's favored by six and a half. Uh, as a, as if you're a better, I love Casey in this game. By the way, I think they rolled this game. But over under fifty four and a half. Huge huge line there. Obviously the uh, the Pat Mahomes Chiefs circus line. Uh, they score a ton of points. Uh, you think Detroit can keep up enough to uh, to push that game to a, a real shootout level? I think they can keep up to push it over 54 and a half. But like, I think the Chiefs could score 40 and we wouldn't bl- I, you know, bat an eye. So I think this is a perfect spot. I think Detroit is a little bit smoke and mirrors with their unbeaten uh, so far. They had that tie in there. Yeah. Uh, nice win over the Chargers last week, but I think they're smoke and mirrors. Uh, I guess it was, and they beat they beat Philly last week to beat the Chargers the week before. Uh, I, I I just think the Chiefs are going to do whatever they want in this game. Mahomes in a dome is a lovely situation. Uh, I love KC big in this game. Uh, do you know that Mahomes has never had a good game in a dome? Uh, does he have one career or something like that? Zero. Zero. This is wow, for, I believe this is uh, a, a note that somebody in our subscriber chat had had noted. So I'm not sure where they came where that came from. I'll be honest, I did zero research to find out if it was true. But the the specific comment was that he has never played a pro game in a dome. I mean, I guess uh, you know you, you think about his division; they're all they're all yep. outside teams. Uh, I'm looking at his schedule here. Yeah, I don't see any dome games. That's uh, 
as long as their game against Arizona last year was a home game, I think I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I mean, so who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe his superpowers come from grass, and now this artificial turf will be that's his kryptonite. I'm pretty sure that I am concerned about that. None. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, we do have some low total games this week uh, and a couple of really low totals. And I found myself um, kind of ignoring the players in this game, in, in, in the two bottom games. The, the, the low one that's not super low is uh, the Patriots at Buffalo. Uh, New England's fair by seven this game, over under 42 and a half. Obviously, two defenses that are very good in this game. Uh, crazy stat for you. Uh, New England has faced 39 offensive possessions this year uh, against their defense. They have allowed zero touchdowns and one field goal in those 39 possessions. Uh, and it was the opening game too, right? It was Pittsburgh. Yeah, the, the yeah. Pittsburgh had that one field goal in that game. That's wild. Because the uh, the jet, both the Jets scores last week were on uh, defense uh, special teams. Uh, New England defense uh, is scary good right now, although they have played Miami and the Jets. Uh, no, no, mm-hmm. uh, no offense intended there. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll see how real it is. I don't think Buffalo is uh, the team we're really going to test your defense against. But uh, if New England has a really good defense, uh, that's, that's a scary proposition. As a frequent AFC East football game watcher, um, I'm sorry. Patriots at, yeah, Patriots at Buffalo is always tough. Like playing at Buffalo is not easy. And yeah. They tend to play the Patriots pretty well, specifically there. And so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few people on the Bills, but. I just there's zero numbers to back that up. <laughs> yeah, I actually want to see the the Buffalo defense. I think it's pretty good against this New England New England offense. I think it's an interesting game. Uh, the other two games that are really low numbers. We have two games with a 38 Disgusting. total this week. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota at Chicago, and that's kind of a uh, you know a, a really good defense really versus really good defense setup. Um, you know, in in Chicago, so it's outdoors. You don't get the uh, the dome of the uh, of the Vikings. Uh, I te- I found myself not playing many guys in this game or kind of anybody. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook's obviously the interesting name, but you know, going against the Chicago defense, I found other ways to pay up, and his his price has moved up since his his really good start to the season. And then we also have Jacksonville at Denver. Uh, a little bit more of a you know good defense, but also bad offenses. Uh, Denver's fared by three over under thirty eight in that one. Uh, we don't often get uh, two games in the thirty eight range in uh, on one slate. Yeah, it's and on a slate that's smaller already because of the buys. But right um, when I was looking at these, I was thinking to myself if they were playing, if it was a different game, uh, you know, if these four teams happen to be playing other other teams, like how many guys from Jacksonville, Denver, and Chicago are you really going after? Like, even that's in a, uh, great yeah, situations. too. I mean, it just uh, yeah, not very good offense. I mean, obviously, Taylor Gabriel had the three touchdowns last week, but right. I think that was uh, – we'd probably throw that out as, a, as kind of a weird quarter. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Denver's got a couple receivers who are interesting if they weren't playing Jacksonville. Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders have both been uh, both been pretty decent, but, you know, still Joe Flacco. And on, on a full slate, you can probably find plenty of receivers. Yeah, and that's exactly the way I kind of looked at these games. It's like the – I already probably didn't want a lot of exposure to these games. Cook's probably the only, I mean, Cook and Thielen are really the only Vikings I ever consider. Like, all four quarterbacks, I mean, you're probably struggling to roster them on a showdown, let alone a full slate. And so... Uh, uh, Trubisky, does, Trubisky does not look good, by the way. No, no. Um, and looking at last week's stat line, like, that's pure smoke and mirrors, too. It wasn't even that great, but it happened to be good for him. Yeah, but yeah, I just the, like uh, the the him uh, a few picks before Patrick Mahomes is uh, got to be uh, got to make a Bears fan kind of shake a little bit. They traded up too, didn't they? they yeah, they did they trade up. up I think, and I think KC traded up to get Mahomes too. Yeah. But I saw the stat line that uh, if Mahomes goes 0 for 41 in his next 41 attempts with 41 interceptions, he still has a career passer rating higher than Trubisky. God, that's amazing. 
it, it seems <laughs> it seems impossible. I read it like three times just to make you know. You think the O for forty one might do it, but O forty one forty one forty one picks and still would do it. It's uh yeah. I mean, granted, he's in a completely different setup sure. and offense than Trubisky is in, but I, I think it's safe to say that uh, Mahomes is uh, quite uh, quite the steal of that draft. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so so those two games. I mean, we've talked about you know what you do, particularly in cash games. Uh, GPP is that pretty much the opposite that you want to kind of get as expansive as you can in terms of guys are considering. But for cash games, like the key is to whittle down the player pool to really the players that you think might be able to make your lineup in an optimal situation. And thankfully, those four teams tend not to have a lot. Cook was early because he was underpriced, but like throwing out those two games, I was more than happy to do that. Yeah, me too. And as it, we're jumping to the positions, if uh, you know, I may mention it a guy or two, but I think I'm pretty right. pretty much steering clear from both those uh, both those matchups. There's there might be one guy that we'll talk about that right. might make it. I like it. Um, also, that we won't uh, be hitting the prime time games. We had Philly and Green Bay last night, which actually turned into a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the the Packers uh, inside the five offense uh, left uh, something to be desired late. Uh, you know, they had the the four plays from the one where they threw the ball four times. It didn't work with Aaron Jones. You know, didn't let him touch the ball. And Devontae Adams was out by that point. He uh, he hurt his foot. Um, running the ball four times where your best receiver is not on the field was was very strange, and they threw the interception late also. Uh, but uh, good win by Philly on the road. Uh, they needed one at one and two, so good spot there. Yeah, Pete also, Carroll thought uh, that was a dumb dumb decision. Uh, yeah, the Marshawn Lynn jokes were jokes were definitely sure. flying on oh, flying yeah. on Twitter. Uh, Dallas and New Orleans a Sunday night game, really fun game there. Um, I think Dallas uh, wins that game. By the way, on the road, I just don't uh, I don't believe in New Orleans yet with the two. Uh, the, the defensive touchdown and the special teams touchdown last week, I think, skewed a little bit uh, the fact that they just often still, tr- still struggles with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And then uh, Monday night, uh, kind of nice to miss that game since he had Pittsburgh, which uh, which should be pretty gross. Uh, do you think that'll be worse than the Jags-Titans game? Uh, I think it'll be better just because there are a few, uh, few more interesting playmakers on each side. Um, but uh, yeah, Mason Rudolph and Andy Dalton not uh, not what we signed up for when they uh, when they scheduled that game. There's a, they have a, like a really bad run of Monday night games coming. The, the 49ers Browns game is kind of interesting, but there's no, there's a bunch of games that uh, you know you look at them on paper four weeks ago and they look pretty good, and now you're like, yeah, that's not gonna be a really good game. Yeah, I think one of the worst kept secrets uh, for the NFL is that Monday night games really aren't that fun. Like, yeah, and it, it's 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 crazy because you you look at him, you're like, oh, we're gonna get good matchups, and it's just it's so hard to figure out, you know, injuries and teams that uh, you don't expect to suck, kind of sucking, um, have really really make it tough to schedule those those, those so far out. Right. I mean, the, it's it's just become clear that, and because they have the flex option later in the season, but Sunday night is really like the marquee game of the week. Yeah, that, so. the the Sunday night flex is is really nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, so let's get into some positions. But first, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. The Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score the perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So I think running backs, uh, we always kind of start with Christian McCaffrey. Ezekiel Elliott is not on the slate this week. Saquon Barkley is hurt. Um, so he's definitely um, separated himself a little bit pricing-wise. He's um, the most expensive running back on DraftKings by 500 on FanDuel by 700 uh, How much do you like or not like Christian McCaffrey coming off the big game against Arizona last week? I think 
you can never like say it's bad. Um, just how much they use him. I mean, obviously he doesn't have great games all the time. Week two was pretty disappointing, but right. I, I, any situation that he's on a slate, in particular, like you said, like there's no Zeke, there's no Saquon Barkley, uh, and so the the upper tier running backs on this slate, um, and it depends how far you take that tier, but there really aren't that many good ones, and we happen to have a few cheaper guys that um, for cash games, I think a lot of people will go that way, which greatly alters the rest of your lineup. But right. it seems like. Uh, McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are the two top ones. Um, like Todd Gurley has a great matchup, but like the way that they've been using him, I, I just don't see how you can make that move. And at that point, below Gurley, um, you have a, a bunch of these like middle tier guys that I there are some that are perfectly fine, um, but you kind of have to say, what I am I going to get the same production from a guy who's around the 5,000 range as I am 6,500 to 7,000. And if so, then why, what is the reason to pay for the 6,500 guy other than if everybody goes to the 5,000 and you have kind of an ownership leverage move there? Yeah, I think I, I agree there. I mean, it's funny. There, there was the top four, you know, running backs in season long drafts all off season was McCaffrey. You mentioned Zeke and Barkin and obviously Alvin Kamara's off the slate also. Right. So McCaffrey definitely sticks out. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. You look at his first game, only four targets with Kyle Allen. He didn't have the big game, but because he had a he had a 77 yard, whatever long it was, a touchdown run that uh, late in the game that kind of broke his game wide open. Yeah. It was looking like it was going to kind of be a, a, a disappointing game again for C-Mac. But, um, you know, as good as he is, he can always have that one break. Only four targets is a little bit concerning um, the way that they, they ran offense. Kyle Allen played really well, but they just didn't they didn't dump down to McCaffrey as much as they usually do. Yep. Uh, should be a, should be a pretty good game flow in this one. They uh, you know playing at Houston, they should have to score to stay in this game. You got to figure that the, the Texans with Deshaun Watson are going to score some points. Um, they did play Austin Eckler well last week against the run, but he had seven catches, so maybe uh, maybe maybe the Panthers will see that and use McCaffrey more of the backfield. But uh, if you're paying up, I have no problem going with McCaffrey this week. I don't think he's an obvious like you know slot him in right away kind of guy. But uh, if you're going up, he's he's clearly the best guy to me. Yeah, I mean, just I think you can make a case for Eckler. Um, but you kind of have the same situation as what we had with uh, Zeke last week. Although, um, well, yeah, it's the exact same situation. The spread's a little tighter. It's actually now down to 15 from 16 and a half. Um, <laughs> yes, play, the Chargers playing at the, at the Dolphins. Right? At the Dolphins, that's right. And so uh, Melvin Gordon is, is back with the team. He's not going to be playing in this game. So we're kind of on borrowed time now with Eckler. Uh, so... I, like, is do you see this as a situation where they're like, well, we better get as much out of him as we can, or is it? Does do they go up and then Justin Jackson gets a bunch of run? Like, uh, the 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 running back situations against the Dolphins are, is just it's tough because when you look at the stats, um, they've given up the second most, or they were get, had given up the most fantasy points to running backs uh, through three weeks, and but the problem is it's not a single guy each week. It's like they get killed. And so yeah. it's like three guys with 80 yards and a touchdown and cumulatively that, that, you know, makes their stats look bad, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can rely on a single running back against them. So that's kind of the, at least the hesitation with Eckler, like the, the, the matchup is better than what McCaffrey has, but it's possible, you know, McCaffrey's game should be closer. And so theoretically he's on the field a lot more than Eckler is. 
Yeah, and I think Eckler's the kind of guy where they're not going to feed him 20 times in the second half to, you know, melt the game. And if they're up, like, you know, say they're only up 13 or something like that. I still don't think they use him to really run out clock. Uh, he only had nine carries last week. He did have seven targets. You know, crazy. He has 20 targets here. He has 19 catches. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear that uh, A, has good hands, and B, they use him in spots where, you know, easy passes out of the backfield. Um, I just think he's fully priced right now. I think, yeah. he, you know, he's 8,100 on failures, 8,000 on DraftKings. Um, I love Echo. I think he's really talented. But he's also a guy that they want in the mix full time. You know, not full time, but, you know, for the whole season. Um, so I don't think it's like, a, you know, oh, this is last game. We're just going to, you know, feed him until he gets tired. Uh, he's a guy that they want in their offense all year. You know, even with Gordon, they're still going to want Eckler on third down. They're going to want Eckler to spell Gordon. Um, I think Gordon, uh, you know, there, there were quotes yesterday. You know, he's our starter. He's the number one guy. I don't think he's going to be the the guy right away like that. I don't think they're going to feed him for a little bit. And I just, I hate guys missing four weeks and then coming back with running backs. I think you're just so susceptible to injuring yourself, not being in football shape. So I think Eckler is going to be very important uh, for them down the stretch. So I don't think it's a game where they just, they just feed him because they don't need him anymore. That's fair. I, I think the, the weird thing with Eckler is uh, we are so used to paying down for him. And so we feel like we're getting ripped off when we have to pay up. But like, yep. if, if he was never an issue, like if he was never what he was, Melvin Gordon played the whole time. Like we would pay what Eckler, like we'd pay 8,000 for Melvin Gordon. He's 7,700 for, uh, you know, to show this week. But like if, or on the other side, like if Eckler, if, if Gordon was never there and Eckler was appropriately priced this whole time, right? then he would be Gordon's price this whole time. And I think we would have paid that anyway. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good point. I just, uh, uh, I think for this week, I just worry about them uh, a second half. If they do get up, I think you see Justin Jackson. I think you see whoever the third stringer is. I just don't think that they – I don't think they beat Eckler into the ground, uh, you know, maybe like uh, maybe like they would in a close game where it's back and forth and they need him to score or mm-hmm. like maybe a team like Dallas would. Although even Dallas last week, I mean, Tony Pollard had a ton of work uh, in the second half. I just – I think the Dolphins are so historically bad that uh, you do get situations where, you know, the second half becomes kind of a joke. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think – there's definitely a build uh, with McCaffrey and Eckler. Um, we'll get to some cheaper wide receivers later that make that possible. But um, I don't know. It's like if you consider them the two best running backs and you can fit them in fairly easily, like why wouldn't you play them? But at the same time, like they both have significant questions. Like every running back on this slate has question marks. Um, yeah. Except maybe one. So I'm going to jump down to what I think is my favorite one, uh, 6,100 on DraftKings, 7,300 on FanDuel. Uh, Marlon Mack at home yeah. against the Raiders. Uh, got a uh, got some good work last week where he was a little bit questionable coming into the game. Uh, so we're a week removed from the injury at least, which is which is a nice thing. Uh, he had 16 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown against the Falcons. Um, I just think the Raiders uh, are not good. I think the Raiders on the road again this week. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 16 for 110 last week, and Alexander Madison had 12.58, both of them scored last week i think the raiders are uh not good i think they're on the road again the raiders historically are really bad on the the east coast morning games um, i think this is a game where indy uh, runs the ball a ton controls the game you know indy's not going to blow you out uh, with jacoby Brissett, kind of you know more of a game manager kind of a just win the game kind of guy than someone that's going to beat you 35 to 3 uh, i think we get uh, a little bit of closer game this week with like with that but with a lead with like leads into uh, mac really getting a lot of work this week I totally agree about Mac, and it's kind of funny that there was a, a talk last week um, because they played the Falcons, and pass-catching running backs against the Falcons are like guaranteed 
fantasy points. Yeah. Um, and, but Max, not really that. And so, um, he didn't really have like a huge game. He did have a touchdown, uh, 74 yards on, on 16 attempts and caught two passes. So everyone's like, Oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe he's not that good because everybody kills, you know, running backs kill the Falcons, but it's like, well, it's really pass catching running backs. And this week, which is a guy is Derrick Henry who plays, uh, the Falcons. He's, kind of the same he doesn't catch a lot of passes there's he has these highlight real like he'll catch three yard passes and run them for 75 yards but like he's not right. really a pass catching running back in the traditional sense and so um and they're priced right next to each other on DraftKings. and i feel like every week i'm looking at they're, they're next to each other like their prices just don't with one price moves the other one moves um so but like matchup wise like mac is so much better this week than henry even though Henry has this presumed great matchup against the Falcons who give up a ton of uh, catches to running backs. So I, I think Mack is great this week uh, for exactly the reason you said. And I think he's better than pretty much everybody in this range um, when you have like Henry, Leonard Fournette against the Broncos, um, Nick Chubb against the Ravens. Like that's not a great one. The only one that that I feel like may have a case is Mark Ingram um, against Cleveland, which I, I – I'm. I can't figure out Cleveland. Um, them blowing out the Jets like didn't really. They didn't really blow them out, but like they controlled that game so easily. But like the Jets pretty much gave up control of that game just as much as Cleveland took it. And so like I can't get a read if Baltimore's offense is good enough where Ingram should continue to crush. Like Ingram doesn't even have that many touches. Like that's the crazy thing. We said that last week when we were. Um, you know he's getting like 14, 15 carries and he only had 16 carries last week, but like one Oh three, three touchdowns. <laughs> yep. And it's like, I guess he doesn't need 20 to, to be effective. Yeah. I mean, I saw a stat where 96% of his carries are for positive yards, which leads the league. Um, I just, it's, I mean, we've talked about, it, but it is such a gigantic edge when you have a quarterback that is that dangerous running the ball, like Lamar Jackson, you just have to, you have to put guys on Lamar Jackson. It, yeah. it just takes a guy out of the box. It takes a guy every time that uh, Lamar, you know, hands it off and rolls the other way. Someone has to go with him in case he keeps the ball. It just, when you, when you take one defender out of the box and you know, you can block everybody, it just makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And and Mark Ingram's a pretty good running back that's going to take advantage of that. Exactly, exactly. I think we we people kind of forget that he's he's very good <laughs> as well. It's not just like because he has these huge lanes from from Jackson. But do you put him in the same category as Mac for this week? Um, I prefer Mac this week. I just think I think the upside is is more with Mac. I think the 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 matchup is is really good. I think that Baltimore should control the ball pretty well against Cleveland, but. Um, you know, I, I think that game really depends on if Cleveland uh, can score. Can score if they can yeah. score and turn it into a little bit of shootout. I think that's kind of got some sneaky shootout potential. But the Cleveland offense just hasn't looked good. They can't block anybody, which is the problem. I mean, Baker is literally dropping back and running for his life almost in every play. You saw that last week when they, you know, against the against the Rams and they couldn't, they just couldn't get him any time that fourth quarter. They were right in that game. They probably shouldn't have been there. They're right in that game and. I don't know if you can't block anybody against Baltimore. I just worry a little bit that they uh, they can't keep up. Yeah, I think that's a great observation. So then they can't keep up, and then Ingram maybe gets eighteen carries. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. I, I think Ingram's slotted into what he is. You need you need you're gonna need the touchdowns every week. You know, weeks where he doesn't score, he's not gonna be a great play. But um, you know, he's clearly the red zone guy. When they get inside the ten, they they make sure he's in the game, and um, they seem to be handing the ball off to him. I mean, it's got to be appealing to, for Lamar to keep it. But I think you probably try and keep the hits on off him in the goal line. And it makes sense for Ingram to deliver those hits more than, than Lamar Jackson would take them. Love it. 
Uh, and just a last point on Marlon Mack, you know, especially interesting to me on DraftKings. He is like if you just compare him to Austin Eckler, he's 800 less than Eckler on FanDuel. He is 1,900 yeah. less than Eckler on DraftKings. I think that Eckler got priced up on DraftKings just because there's you know there's that there's that little void right now without those top uh, you know those top running backs you mentioned that are either off the slate or injured. Um, and, you know they moved Eckler up, but Mack kind of stayed where he was. 6,100 for Mack seems like a really good price and kind of a good spot to start my lineup this week. Totally agree. Like he hasn't had an explosive game yet. Um, but home against the Raiders feels like that should be the opportunity. I guess week one, he was very good. I forgot about that game. We, uh, all we the way t- back to week one. Yeah, all the way back to week one. It seems like a long time ago, yeah. doesn't it? We talked about Cleveland-Baltimore. I want to ask you what you think about uh, Nick Chubb this week. I think he's a uh, a very low percentages guy this week. I don't think he's going to be w- widely owned or played against the against the Ravens defense. Um, but a guy that you know was a huge hype guy in, in the offseason and drafts, he moved up to like the end of the first round. Uh, LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams were 17 for 116 on the Ravens defense last week. So really good, really efficient. But, you know, that's playing with Patrick Mahomes, throwing the ball over the yard. So you have to you have to shift your defense to that. So I don't know how much weight I put into that. Uh, Chubb was 23 for 96 last week. Not good yards per carry, but you'd love to see the volume. you love to see Cleveland kind of relying on him more, although they probably should have late in the game when they threw the ball uh, in the red zone. I feel like Chubb really hasn't broken out yet. I feel like he, you know, it's one of those guys that you know maybe people are gonna just kind of slide by him this week as they scroll the running backs. Um, how do you feel about Chubb this week? Kind of as a uh, a sneaky lower percent play than usual. Uh, I'll probably scroll right by him. So I think yeah, you're right I on think that. That's gonna be the case. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's there's just too many hurdles for me to go to justify him over like Ingram in the same game, um, or Mac. Um, the other guy, at, uh, Chubb, was not the one I thought you were going to bring up. I thought you were going to bring up Chris Carson. That's um, uh, that's bold, bold to the next on my list. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I mean, I think I think you you're right about Chubb. I think people will scroll by him. I think uh, obviously we see the volume is there. He had four catches last week, two seven targets. So it's not like they're taking him off when they have to throw to get back in games. And so uh, it certainly makes sense. I'm just kind of in a position where I feel like we have enough good uh matchups where playing like at baltimore doesn't need to be one that i necessarily need exposure to yeah i think he's an interesting gpp guy because i just i love getting super super talented guys at lower percentage than usual based on the last few weeks i think i'll slide him into a lineup or two and um you know i think it's a risky play i think there's a chance that they get behind and you know they throw the ball a ton and and the baltimore defense kind of shuts them down pretty good but i think there's uh, some situations where chubb breaks a couple he's obviously super explosive um in a gpp lineup uh, I, I like trying to uh, trying to slide him in a couple yeah i mean that game has players in it that we wouldn't be surprised end up in a shootout. Yeah. Like we're not expecting it obviously. Um, but you know, Beckham goes deep for a few and then Chubb scores a few short ones and Lamar does his Lamar things. And Ingr- like there are, you know, if this game had 50 points in it, like nobody's batting an eye. I'm trying to quickly have yeah, 45 total, which, but if like went on over, Nobody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the Browns and Ravens. I, really I, I, actually, I actually like the over in this game. I think Cleveland uh, struggles on out, but scores enough to get that over. I think Baltimore offense is uh, is really, really good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, I like that call. I like that call yeah. a lot. So uh, Chris Carson, uh, he's 5,700 on DraftKings, still priced down uh, 7,000 on FanDuel. 
Uh, Rashad Penny kind of half practiced yesterday. So it sounds like he's probably going to be out, but we don't know that yet. Um, the next couple days of practice will determine that. So a chance he plays. Um, I like Carson a lot more if Penny does not play. That goes kind of goes without saying. Uh, Carson, the, the problem with Carson right now is the fumbles. He fumbled again last week. His return for a touchdown totally changed that game. Got them behind New Orleans where um, it, it, you know, it took it from 7-0 to 14-0 and really kind of impacted how that game ended up uh, working out. So a huge fumble. Only played 37 snaps, but they, they trailed the whole game. You know, Russell Wilson threw the ball 50 times, which you're never going to see. Uh, Carson had 15 carries. He has 15 carries every game, so it's kind of yeah. kind of his slot uh but could get a nice game flow here you know they were down week one to cincinnati they were down last week to new orleans um he hasn't really had a, a lot of good options where they're just going to hand the ball off to him over and over um the problem i have with carson a he's talented i think he's gonna be i think he'll be really good if he plays uh the problem i have with carson if he fumbles early he's gonna be benched and not see the ball again yeah i mean we he wasn't benched after the fumble last week and... No, he did. He did come back in, but only played thirty-seven snaps. I just, <clears throat> I just think four and or maybe by, it might be five in four weeks or four and four weeks. I just think, I think he's finally at that level now where it might be a last trophy fumbles uh, early on. I think that's entirely reasonable. Um, I mean, they're playing an absolutely horrible defense, so theoretically, if he fumbles, it's it's going to be completely on him. <laughs> um, I guess I just don't see enough upside um, yeah. because I mean, obviously, the Seahawks can can put points on the board, but. They're kind of doing it like it's not like they've had really bad games. Like I think they've scored yeah, twenty or thirty-three, twenty-eight and twenty-one or so, whatever somewhere in those ranges. Like those are multi-touchdown games, and he had two in game in week one and hasn't come close in the next few weeks. And so um, it just seems like there are plenty of ways that they can score without him. And uh, the fact that he is stuck on 15 carries and not, not that that's like some sort of hard floor that or hard ceiling that they're sticking to. But I don't know. I just, of, of all the running backs that we've talked about, if you're like Chris Carson is the one who ended up with three touchdowns, like there's no way I'm betting on that. Yeah, I'm a little higher on him than you are. I just think they get a situation in this game where they use him a lot in the second half. I just am, I'm petrified any time that you know one play can can create a zero. And I think that uh, I think Pete Carroll's had enough with the fumbles. Um, yeah, I I think he's a it's a tough one. He could, he could really roll in this game in the second half. But like you said, you know, 15 carries each week, you're starting to see you know some sort of pattern there where they do go away from him. I just wonder if uh, you know last week was you know Russell Wilson throw about 50 times is kind of an anomaly. It's an outlier the way that they play. Um, I see the upside with Carson, but uh, I understand your point. Uh, I'm not huge on him this week, but I'll probably have him at 5,700 in a couple lineups. Yeah, I mean, they, the McCaffrey obviously killed the Cardinals, but um, like the the Cardinals actually haven't really been that bad against running backs. Like no, and just, like we said, that was that was the one big play too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so um, it's it it seems odd too because if you are playing the Cardinals, although the, with the way that Kyler Murray's been playing. Maybe you want the offense to stay on the field, but for the number of plays that they run, theoretically, the easiest way to to slow them down is to keep the ball as long as possible, and you keep the ball by running it. And so, Chris Carson, you know, the the game plan. I feel like we've discussed this already, and it doesn't work. So maybe uh, there's more to it. But um, Carson seems like the the path to the Seahawks holding onto the ball and just keeping the Cardinals' offense off. But you're like you said, one more fumble, and it's probably over. Yeah, I, I think he's finally at that that breaking point there. Kind of the uh, 
I, there was I forget who it was. I was going to use an example. There's some oh St- uh, Stephen Ridley on the on the Patriots had yeah. that uh, with the, we're like oh he fumbles once more and he finally did and Belichick was like all right well you're pretty much done. That's it. So yeah, <laughs> it does happen. Although Belichick is probably a little a little harder on that than than Pete Carroll is. Uh, before we get down to the uh, the obvious Wayne Gallman chalk, is yes. there anybody else in between that you like between Carson and Gallman? Uh, you've got Carryon Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Freeman, three names that uh, I had here. Anybody that. Uh, you are playing or like uh, before we get before we get down to Goldman. You didn't have Philip Lindsay on your list. Uh, I did not just because of the the matchup and the the overrunner. He played really well last week. Looked pretty good. I still think he splits carries a little too much with Royce Freeman for me yeah. to jump into a, a low scoring game. Yep, I think that's that's right. Um, like I, Lindsay was on the DraftKings Millionaire Maker lineup, and it was I was looking at it. We were, I think we were discussing it. I was like, he was just not on my radar at all, which is exactly what you need for, for guys yeah. in the millionaire. And he, maker, and you know, he, he scored twice. He, he still split carries, but scored twice. And that makes the difference. Right. Right. And so, you know, when you, I mean, those are situations that you can take advantage of in terms of low ownership that when there are these split situations, one of them can go off. It, I mean, it happens. They all, they can alternate and you can get the one, the wrong one. But, um, if you're right, then there's your million dollars. But yeah, I, Josh Jacobs, um, I feel like is, I mean, we talked about it. We think Indy can control that game pretty well. Oakland's really bad on the road. So I I don't see why Jacobs has to be uh, in consideration when, yeah, we have this obvious chalk play. Yeah, the only one that I looked at a little bit was on Johnson, but I mean, he's so bad. Like he did have twenty carries, like, only yeah, thirty six yards. But you know, Ingram had three TDs. Uh, you know, against them last week, Josh Jacobs was twelve for ninety nine last week against or two weeks ago against the Chiefs. So, um, you know, you can run the ball against the Chiefs. Uh, I think you know, I think if Detroit's smart, they they use on a lot to try and keep Mahomes off the field. I just don't know if it'll work. I just uh, I just don't know if that line blocking for him right now is, is quite is quite good enough to uh, to utilize uh, Johnson. Yeah, it would, like you said, like it would be great if he had like one good game so far. Yeah. And, and we just uh, really haven't I, I love the carries, but uh you know when you get 36 yards, you know Karen Johnson's very talented, um, but very clear he's not getting any lanes to run through right now. Exactly, exactly. Uh if Edo Smith plays any interest in Devontae Freeman home against Tennessee, kind of a, a good matchup, good uh or a good uh, game setting, I should say. You know, home. Uh, Atlanta's way better in the in the dome. He had nineteen touches last week, ninety-five total yards with Edo Smith out, played ninety percent of the snaps. Uh you know, clearly with Edo out, uh, they used Freeman a lot more. Any interest in there or just kind of blah? Uh the way I looked at Freeman was like, I get it. Like I if it, if somebody was like, I'm playing Devontae Freeman, like I get it, but like I I'm gonna pass on that one. Yeah, I like the Atlanta offense this week, but I'd probably, uh, probably go elsewhere also. So let's talk about Goldman. Uh, he was obviously the the talk of the uh, you know football free agency fab this week in, in season-long leagues uh, with Saquon Barkley getting hurt and not many places that Goldman was owned. He slides uh, right into the starting spot, and they didn't sign anybody off the street this week. I thought I thought maybe C.J. Anderson would jump in there. Um, you know, So it looks like Goldman has the job. You know, I don't know how much they'll use him as a bell cow, but uh, clearly the number one guy, he was uh, five carries for 13 yards only on 41 snaps last week only had one target Tampa has been pretty tough on running backs that's who they played last week has been pretty tough on running backs so far this year um Zeke had a uh, 23 carries 111 yards against the Redskins uh, a couple weeks ago uh I think the key with Goldman is, is the price 4600 on DraftKings 5800 on FanDuel doesn't have to do a lot to pay off um how heavily are you going on Goldman this week is he like an automatic for you in cash you're a better cash player than I am so talk to me about that he I don't want to call him automatic but He's like easy to roster. I'll put it that okay. way. Um, right. It's kind of a weird week where, I mean, we, we talked about like the upper tier running backs aren't that great and there aren't that many of them. And so uh, when you're already starting to pay down, like, and when you're like, oh, I'm going to play Marlon Mack 
Um, now I'm saving, you know, 2,500 from the top tier guys and Gallman allows you even more to, to spend up at other spots. But I mean, it's, it's very, the, the Gallman argument and I'm, I can't believe you didn't bring up Paul Perkins. The fact that this should have been an entire Paul Perkins conversation, but it's not. I was, uh, I was, I was uh, being nice and letting you do it. Oh, man, I, I, I would have taken so much credit for bringing him up eight weeks ago, um, no doubt. knowing this was going to happen. But I guess not. <laughs> but anyway, like forty six hundred for a starting running back who we expect to get most of the touches because they tend not to spread it around. Obviously, a lot of that is because it's Saquon Barkley. But like you said, they didn't sign anyone else, and so. I think there's this, there's a very obvious reason to use them. And uh, the 4,600 on DraftKings is just makes it easier. Um, you know, Daniel Jones has been awesome in every single start that he's ever had for the Giants. Um, and small, small sample alert, slightly small sample size. Um, but uh, I, I can't figure out if he's like, I mean, we know he's not like a running quarterback. He's a quarterback who can run. And so I don't want to be like, oh, Gallman's in the same situation as Mark Ingram is with Lamar, um, even though uh, Jones had those two rushing touchdowns last week. But I think I think the two rushing touchdowns over overshadows the fact he only had 28 yards. Yes. I, I think that that was I think he's so much more mobile than Eli that it like jumped out of out to us. That's but a good observation. I, yeah, I don't think that he I mean, I think that he's mobile, but I don't think he's a running quarterback. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So he's mobile. He's not yeah. a running quarterback. Right. Which is what which is different than they've had anything for 15 years. For, exactly. Exactly. And so but I think um, if you are making the argument against Gallman, the argument is basically that he is not that good. I, that was, it's funny. That was my next question was going to be, is Wayne Gallman good was right. my next actual statement. Yeah. And does it matter? And that was that was going to follow up. I mean, he, last year he was he was fifty one carries for one hundred seventy six yards and one touchdown. But obviously, you know that's behind Barkley. He's getting you know weird spots and all that. And but I just uh, I don't think he's very good. I don't think he's a dynamic running back at all. But my question for you, especially in cash games, is does that matter if he gets eighteen carries? Exactly. I think he's going to be owned. Like it is not going to be the no, situation. He's definitely going to be owned. Yeah. So like if he has a huge game and you don't have him, you're toast. Mostly because the cheaper wide receiver or tight end or quarterback that you needed to use because you didn't pay down for Gallman needs to outdo the whoever, you know, Julio Jones that I get now because I have Gallman. So it's, it, you know, we talked about this in one of our um, preseason podcasts, like paying down um, in one spot is not just about that guy. It's about who you what you do with the uh, with the money elsewhere. And so people who are playing, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot of people with Gallman and I'll use Julio Jones as the example, or DeAndre Hopkins or Keenan Allen or two of those guys, because if you play Gallman and Mac, you can pay up a wide receiver. Um, And even in cash games, like cash games, you tend to see people pay up for running backs, which is why like McCaffrey is always owned. But like we said, like McCaffrey doesn't have like an ideal matchup this week. Eckler might not be a... Uh, bell cow if they get up ahead and they get up ahead without him and so you have a, a a path to paying up in wide receivers because of wayne gallman uh and so if you're saying like would i rather play marlon mack and emmanuel sanders or wayne gallman and deandre hopkins like all of a sudden it's like oh that's that's actually yep. not as crazy to play gallman um and throwing in the fact that 
in cash games, if there is a cheaper guy that goes off and you don't have him, then you tend to be dead. Uh, the, how, uh, how many points does Goldman have to score for you to be happy with it at 4,600? Like 16, 15, somewhere oh, there? Oh, I was going to say like 12. Oh, um, so not even. Okay. Yeah, I don't even so, think it's that So high. you're three, three times and you're pretty happy with that at that cheap price. Yeah, I mean, particularly because when you go in, I mean, if you, obviously any running back can have a, any player can have a huge game. Um, right. But Gallman is going to be owned. We know that. Uh, and we know that McCaffrey is going to be owned because um, he, he's, he's always owned. And he's probably the only like true elite running back on this slate. If you want to put Eckler in there, that's fine. But like, um, so yeah, if you get 12 from Gallman and 40 from McCaffrey, like 52 for the two of them is pretty good. And so you'll take that. So you just have to think of like, who are the guys that are allowing people to pay up for because of Gallman? And you, that's what you have to take into account when you make the decision that you don't want to play him. Um, but Chris Thompson is only a hundred bucks less and playing a horrible giants defense Yep, and on DraftKings at least with a full full PPR, he could outscore Gallman easily. Yeah, I mean Thompson's been in double digits all yeah. three weeks on DraftKings. He has he had fourteen point eight DraftKings points in two of the three weeks. Uh, he's just tough because you need you need the game flow to be right. The Giants' defense is bad. You know he tends to be a little like last week. He racked up all his points in the fourth quarter because um, they were down to the Bears. Mm-hmm. It was funny the. Uh, the, the showdown, the, the Monday night showdown last week, there was one guy that had a unique lineup that was winning $350,000 up until the last drive. And then Chris Thompson had two catches for a bunch of yards, and he got passed. He went from 350000 to $600. Hmm, that's actually higher than I was expecting. I guess he was a solo, but so that's why. I, that's I, wild. I just pray with everything I have that he's like me and didn't look at uh, results in the fourth quarter right, until right. the end. Yeah, that's it's to know that you are ahead with the, with one drive left, and whereas you know if they just uh, you know kind of run it three times and the game's over, you, you win. Or if they go Chris Thompson uh, little dump offs and you lose, that's uh, that's hard to take. That the joys of the joys of the showdown experience. Right, right. Um, yeah. I think Gallman is a is the perfect GPP fade. Um, that's, I was gonna I was gonna ask you like a cash game seems pretty uh, pretty easy to play, like you said. But I, I wonder in a GPP, uh, you know. If we think that you know twelve's good, that is not that's not going to work in a GPP. It's not what you want. Um, you know, I don't know if the chance that he's probably got to score twice to be like gigantic, right? Right. Yeah. Which, I, which could happen. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, with the there were expecting points in this game, right? For, what was it? Forty nine. We said the the total yep. was, and so yep. um, the yeah, I think that ultimately, like we're looking for safe points in cash games, and the starting running back against the Redskins at 4,600 feels safe. But um, to win GPPs, you need much more than that. And if you have a guy that everybody's going to whose ceiling probably isn't that high, I'm like, why why are you taking that in GPPs? Yeah, I mean, I guess the answer is because you can then go, you know, two or three big receivers and kind of rack up. There's, there's certainly ways to build around that. But uh, definitely more interesting is me as a cash play than a GPP play. Yeah, I mean... The, the difference between Gallman and Devontae Freeman isn't that high. And, like, Freeman could e- could easily outscore Gallman, could triple Gallman for, you know, like, the, yeah. the situation is there. And so we it's not like Gallman is 3,200 and, like, right. there's just nobody in the range that you could that you could uh, replace him with. And so, I mean, even Tariq Cohen can, ha- can have huge games. And the matchup against Minnesota, we were talking about, you know, it's one that we're probably avoiding. But, um, like, there are guys in these range in this range who uh, can have big games. And so uh, that makes it a little easier to fade Gallman in GPPs. Going to move towards uh, quarterback and receivers or anybody else uh, running back wise you want to hit at before I did that. Um, 
no one that no we don't need to okay uh (laughs) before we get into the uh the past catchers and the past throwers a note from our sponsor fancy draft fancy draft is the only rake free daily fancy site in the business it brings the heat again with a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar guaranteed rake free contest the hooters main event with his one hundred thousand dollar first place payout this is the largest and only rake free contest running anywhere for nfl week four that's right. Fancy Draft is the only fancy just site where you can play contests with no management fee taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time. Not just for limited time promotional contests like other sites. As other fancy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% entry fees to fancy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at FancyDraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE, and you'll get a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's FancyDraft.com, promo code ROTOWIRE. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fancy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. So as we do with quarterbacks, Andrew, we start at the top. Um, I still think Patrick Mahomes is not priced up enough where, uh, you know, people will go away from me. 7,500 on DraftKings. He is priced up on FanDuel at 9,200. Um, I kind of equate it to Russell Westbrook in basketball a couple years ago. Like everybody played him every day until DraftKings and FanDuel finally, you know, it was the triple-double MVP season. Finally put him so, so high that you're like, oh my gosh, this kills the rest of my lineup. So you kind of had to think about it. Um, I don't think Mahomes is priced up there yet. I still think it's 7,500. He's very, very workable in lineups. Yeah, I, I wrote in my article that the we've gotten to the point with Mahomes, and we probably have already been at this point, but now I mean, I'm recognizing it, um, that there's never a thought when you look at Mahomes about whether he has a good matchup. Like, you don't think <laughs> about the game at all. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, I hate, like, this matchup proof, but, like, there is always a clear path to Mahomes having a monster game. And he seems to always have them. And the, the, the only consideration you have with him is price. And that's not the case with really anybody else. Like, I guess we talk about it with Gallman just now, that like the price is what gets you to, to take Gallman. But like with Mahomes or with Gallman, like you're like, well, who knows if the, the matchup is really that great and the Giants, but like, Kansas City is going to put up points. Um, we both agree that Detroit is overrated for uh, being like six and a half at home. Seems like a big spread, but like the Chiefs are significantly better. And on DraftKings, uh, seventy five hundred is is like comically low for yeah. the scores that we've seen from Mahomes. And so, um, I think there are really cheap guys to play, like to consider at least a quarterback, um, but. And and the middle range is kind of, I think people are going to ignore it because Mahomes is kind of close enough where if you just take one of your running backs and make it Wayne Gallman, you're like, oh, now I have Mahomes. And I know I'm getting 28, 30 points from Mahomes and I don't have to worry about it. And so um, it kind of takes, I think the guys right below him are going to be significantly lower owned. Like I, 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 I don't see that many people going after Lamar Jackson this week when you can pay 600 more on um, on DraftKings and I guess it's 900 on FanDuel, although it's, that's pretty comparable, um, to get Mahomes, who has a, a better matchup. And I think Brady's going to be under-owned. I think Deshaun Watson will be under-owned. And so because they're like sort of close enough to Mahomes and we have um, values elsewhere that, um, I don't know, I, I just... Said, I think you nailed that with with the Westbrook comp. That there's there every week, um, 
it seems like at halftime, there's somebody on Twitter who's like, why does yep. anybody ever play somebody <laughs> other than Mahomes? And they're right. I, let's jump down to receivers. I think the hardest part with Mahomes right now is figuring out who to stack him with if you mm-hmm. do pay him, play him. And it's interesting. It's very different on the on the different sites this week. Yeah. If you look at uh, if you look at DraftKings, uh, you know Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman are down in the low five thousands, and Sammy Watkins is uh, sixty seven hundred. But on FanDuel, Watkins is sixty nine hundred, and Hardman and Robinson are sixty seven and sixty five hundred. So they are pretty much in the same spot right now. Um, I absolutely love Sammy Watkins on FanDuel this week at sixty nine hundred. Uh, quiet back to back weeks. You know everybody's uh, everybody's really excited about Robinson and Hardman. Uh, Sammy Watkins had 21 targets the last two weeks. Is that enough, though? Like, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's, he was quiet, but, like, they are still throwing the ball to him a ton, which I love to see in this offense. Hasn't scored, hasn't gone big. Um, I think Sammy Watkins gets super loose this week. Uh, this week's Mike Evans? Or did we already give that to Devontae uh, Adams? Yeah, unfortunately, Devontae Adams was that was that play, but uh, the game went off, so we can't take any credit for that because he already had the 180 yards yesterday. But uh, I just think Watkins is a great spot, especially on Fanduel, where the other guys are close to him in price. And on DraftKings, I think he'll be under owned because I think someone's going to play Mahomes, they're going to pay up for him, and they're going to go down to you know Robinson and and Hardman at the low prices. I think that Watkins is going to slide through really nice percentage this week for a for a Chiefs receiver in a dome on turf. Watkins is fast. We talked. We joked around about the Mahomes dome game. He has three straight, three touchdowns or more in seven straight road games. That's what I'm saying. Like, why would, you, why would you take anyone else? Um, the the hesitation I have on Watkins is that the the 21 targets in two weeks is great, but it was only eight last week, and I think it's a result of Mahomes getting more comfortable with Robinson and Hardman. That being yeah. said. Uh, those guys tend to rely on bigger plays. Like um, Robinson's 18.1 a dot is crazy. It's double, basically double Watkins. What um, uh, do you have? Do you have Hardman's in front of you? Hardman is 12.9. Uh, I would have thought he'd be higher. All right. I did too. Um, I think he's more of a catch and run guy than than Robinson is. I guess he he had that long one last week where he was like a 15 yard pass. And he just took off with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so obviously. Um, the, the, it's not a perfect situation because Robinson and Hardman um, didn't play quite as much early on. Like they're, it, it's taken them time to like get involved. Um, Watkins has 20 receptions and Hardman and Robinson have combined for 24 targets. And yeah, so I mean, it's crazy. You look at last week, we talked about the eight targets and you're like, Oh, that's good, but not great. But you know, Hardman had four, five, right. and DeMarcus Robinson had four. So right. I mean, it, it was, it's still clearly Watkins is the number one guy. He just hasn't gone off the last two weeks. And I just – I love a situation like that where you get someone in a great offense that's a little bit quiet the last couple of weeks. You know, he had three touchdowns week one and crazy. Um, I just I, – I really like Watkins this week, especially on especially on Fandle where the other guys are priced, uh, priced up. But there's no way I would play – at the same price, there's no way I'd play those guys over Watkins. Put it that way. Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, I guess the the real question is do you think Watkins is better than Kelsey? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's really the play is that, you know, Kelsey is obviously a, a, just a target monster, um, has not scored. Uh, I think he only scored week one. Is that right? Um, so he hasn't, uh, the touchdowns haven't been there, but I figure with those number of targets, the number of catches he has, I guess he scored week two. Sorry. Two, he only has yeah. the one touchdown, but he has 88, uh, 88 yards in each game. Um, you know, a lot of targets, a lot of action. He has uh, 17 targets last couple weeks. So, uh, he has, uh, uh, still less than Watkins, but yep. Um, he's just such a huge off. He's just a huge guy in that offense, red zone guy. I mean, I uh, I think I go Watkins instead, but uh, I have no problem if you want to stack Kelsey with uh, with Mahomes. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that in any way. Yeah, 
I mean, it's this game sets up perfectly like for a full game stack. Especially, especially for my sneaky tight end price at thirty three hundred coming oh. back the other way. Oh, I'm excited about that because I'll, we'll get to that in a, in a minute. But uh, I mean, it seems obvious that like Mahomes, Watkins, Galladay. Um, yeah, I love I love Galladay this week coming off the horrible game last week too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was so bad. God. And I I think that I think that even Marvin Jones coming back yeah. is an interesting play. If you don't if you want to pay down a little bit, uh, Marvin Jones is very good, very uh, kind of quietly very good. But uh, I like stacking this game too. I think that the Chiefs roll, but I think Stafford's going to have to throw the ball a lot in the second half, and um, it's going to be Jones or Galladay. You know who knows which one it's going to be, but I think one of them is going to be have a really big second half. Do you think it's going to be two owned this game? Uh, I mean, is the highest I, total game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to be, you know, if you want to go two owned almost every week. But uh, with the three receivers there, I think that uh, I think you can still figure it out because they, they can't all be high percentage. They can't all be right. owned. So I think they kind of they kind of, uh, you know, like MVP voting with uh, with two guys in the same team kind of gets separated right, right. and split out. I think with three receivers that, you know, people can't really differentiate. You can always know that, you know, Calvin Ridley is really good, but you always know that Julio Jones is the number one guy for yeah. people if they're if they're stacking Matt Ryan. Um, I don't think you can do that right now. I think that some people go Watkins, but I think that Robinson Hardman will get their ownership enough that it kind of keeps everybody in, in a decent range. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk Lamar Jackson. You mentioned uh, him. He's the second highest quarterback right there. Uh, it's just you know we've seen we saw the last couple of weeks the rushing stuff just gives him such a good floor. You know he didn't have to run the ball against Miami Week One. He had the five touchdown passes. The thing that's interesting with Jackson I means sixteen carries for one hundred twenty yards and eight for forty six and a touchdown in the last two weeks. So the rushing yards have really come in. It's crazy to me. I watch their games. I watch them a bunch. How many deep balls they are jacking up. So you know I, I think that the rushing yards give him a floor right now, but all the deep balls are throwing really jack up his ceiling. You know Marquise. Brown has changed this offense. Um, I think we've gone away from Lamar Jackson as a great floor guy to now a great floor and a, and a high upside guy too, kind of built into both of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, we can't ignore he threw, those. He threw, he threw 80 passes the last two weeks. Come on. Right, right. And he completed 46 of them though. No doubt. But, like, uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's not good on the in the real NFL and watching film, but I'm not really sure that I care about that uh, fancy-wise if he's going to jack it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, volume over efficiency all day. And so, um, thank you. Well, we'll call that for Wayne Gallman this week, too. Um, Yeah, I think, like I said, like I think because he's close enough to Mahomes, um, I don't think Jackson will be that owned this week. I think this is another game that could be stacked really easily. um, Just because Cleveland has playmakers uh, that should be able to keep up as long as um, Baker Mayfield has enough time to, to throw, but, um, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. I just like for somebody who tends to look more for optimal, like, I just don't see how you can justify Jackson over Mahomes. And maybe it's because I feel like every Ravens Browns game is just like a disgusting grinded out AFC North I, or whatever. I just are. think you have to toss. I think these teams are not anywhere what they they're not there anymore. Like okay. That's yeah, fair. I just think that. The path for me on Jackson is that Cleveland scores 24 points. Right. I think if Cleveland scores 24 and Lamar's got to go back and forth with them, I think the ceiling is really high this week on Jackson. But my concern is that Cleveland scores 13 and that ceiling gets dropped down pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Jared Goff had two touchdowns on the last week. With for for Jared Goff in the last you know ten games is is a is a bounty right good, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mariota had uh, three touchdowns on them week one, so you know it's uh, and he's he's uh, you know as we know not good. Um, I just think for me, if it turns into a shootout, I think is where you get Lamar Jackson over Mahomes, and you know maybe Kansas City blows that game out. Um, you know they're on the road, so maybe. But uh, I just think uh, I think Jackson has a little more ceiling maybe than uh, than you're giving him credit for. 
Uh, it's hard to argue anybody over Patrick Mahomes, but uh, I think that that's the path is if Cleveland uh, scores enough points to make, make this a shootout. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and it, it, while we're talking about Jackson, interesting. Marquise Brown's an interesting case right now. You know, we always talk about uh, you know DraftKings and Fanduel prices, and DraftKings is always lower just to the way the salary cap is built. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Brown is actually more expensive on DraftKings than Fanduel. He's fifty eight hundred DraftKings. They really have priced him up finally. He's only fifty seven hundred on Fanduel. Huh. I love Brown. I love Brown this week on Fanduel. I think he's uh, mistakenly priced. He's way too low on Fanduel. He. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Twenty two targets over the last two games. Yeah, it's um, funny. We talked week one about, you know, he didn't play that many snaps on the many targets. He just scored it quick. But the last two weeks, I mean, they're clearly using him extensively. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he, he went two for nine last week. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see about that. But yeah, I think um, I think the because the volume is there, like you have to go you have to go that way. He, he makes like an obvious stack with um, with Jackson. And so, um, yeah, that's an interesting call. I like that, too. That's weird, though, that he's so because it's not like he is catching a lot of passes. So you would think that because he's more touchdown dependent, that FanDuel price him up. So yeah, yeah that's a... it's not Jamison Crowder with 14 catches. Right. It's Marquise Brown had two catches last week. Right? Right. Nine targets, which we like to see at 24 the last two weeks, but uh, just a weird, uh, you know, we always get a few weird price stuff. You know, we talked about with Marlon Mack, you know, the sites can tend to be a little bit different. Um, so outside of Mahomes and Jackson, we've got you know, this middle tier. You got Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Phil Rivers, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, kind of all in the the six thousand sixty four hundred range. Is there anybody that uh, sticks out to you as someone you want to pay down? I have a guy just right under six thousand, and Matt Ryan, I really like this week. Uh, but is there anybody in this range that you're like, yeah, you know, if I'm if I can save a thousand from Lamar or fifteen hundred from Mahomes, this is where I want to go. I think the top three is, is Wilson, Rivers, and Goff. And I hate that I think Goff actually might be the best one in the group because he's been just awful. <laughs> like fantasy wise, he's been awful. I, I, I feel the same way with those weapons and going against Tampa Bay at home. I do too. I just I don't know how many times I can let him burn me. Right, right. Uh, I think I might have one more week of burn in me. So, um, but I mean that the and that's the other, usually when it pays off, right? Oh, I hope so. It'll be next. Not it'll be week five that uh, he finally goes off when I don't have him, but. Uh, I mean, Rivers obviously playing for a gigantic favorite against Miami who gets killed by everybody. Uh, so if I mean, you can even play him with Eckler, too, because Eckler catches a number of passes. And so yep. uh, that's the, the reason why people like Rivers, people like Wilson, because he's playing Arizona. Uh, Arizona also lets quarterbacks do whatever they want. He's coming off of like 9000 yards in his last two games, um, which is why Chris Carson seems like he's been worthless. So um, I just hate relying on Russell Wilson. Like, I hate it because like every time I feel like, all right, this is when I, the perfect situation for Russ and he passes for 142 yards and uh, they get a defensive touchdown and, uh, you know, Chris Carson fumbles into the end zone and an offensive lineman picks it up. <laughs> and then it's just like, you look at the game, Seattle scores 36 points and Wilson yeah. has like 17 fantasy points you're just like how does this happen yeah um so i they run the ball they run the ball 48 times yeah yeah. they run the ball 48 times and yet chris carson doesn't have a good game wilson (laughs) didn't run the ball either and you're just kind of like where where did all this come from Uh, cj prosize yeah exactly exactly oh god (laughs) um so i I think just based off of the fact that you we just there's such inconsistency with wilson even though he's been great the last two weeks that i just can't see myself choosing him over either Rivers or Goff. Um, but like you said, there are guys who are a little cheaper that Ryan, I think, really sticks out as well. Although 
just the way that Tennessee can mess games up. Um, at least Ryan's like at home. And so they, they just, they're a different team at home. Um, I think that makes sense, but I think there are cheaper guys that people are going to look at too. Yeah. So you look at uh, the one guy I want to talk about before we get to Matt Ryan is priced a hundred higher is Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're home against Seattle. I had a really good lineup last week that it kind of had scored in every spot, you know, had to had Christian McCaffrey had a couple of guys that went off early and I was like, you know, if Murray really goes crazy here, this could be a really good week. And so I, as a result, I sat down and watched a bunch of that game. I had, I had two TVs going. I had the Niners game on one and then I just, I, instead of going the red zone, I just put Arizona Seattle on the other. And I watched Murray a lot. He, it's weird. Like in the first half, I was like, this looks really good. He was running the ball. He finally had, he had 69 yard rushing. The second half was just so ugly. It was so many like three yard passes where he's just getting the ball out and then he gets getting sacked. And then the pocket awareness wasn't great in the second half. I was, uh, I was impressed with this first half. I was really disappointed in the second half. I think I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to watch Murray this week and not, uh, not play him. Uh, you know, they have a good game script. You know, they should be trailing this game against Seattle. I think I think Seattle actually puts up uh, puts puts them on it, puts puts it on them pretty good this week. Um, he had 25, 19 and 19 DraftKings points. So like hasn't been bad, but hasn't really gone off. Um, I wonder if the pace and the number of passes, he has 40 attempts every week. Uh, it feels like it's not a real 40 to me every week. There's so many <laughs> three yard little screens that like those are essentially run plays. And I get it. I, I know how they work and I, I like their offense. I like how they do things. But I think with their offensive line and the way they throw the ball, I, I think his upside might be a little more capped than we thought it was maybe three weeks ago. Yeah, the, like the receivers are more valuable than he is. Yeah, I mean, um, it, Christian Kirk last week was 10 catches for 59 yards. Like, right. That's like Jamison Crowder thinks that's bad. <laughs> Um, the weird thing about Murray, uh, is that if you like, he's never really that expensive. And so it, it seems like every week you go in and you're like, if I could just get uh, 17 out of Murray, I'm good. And yeah. then you get 17 or whatever, 19 he's at. And you're just like, he hasn't had that ceiling game. But like, if you play him every game, like if you literally, like if you roster Murray 16 times in a season, you're probably you're gonna get one huge game, right? Like you probably are. I mean, he right. just, he's gonna break a sixty-yard run for a touchdown and have a deep ball. But I just uh, the way their offense is built right now, I think it's great for pace. It's great for attempts. I'm just not sure it's great great for fantasy points. Yeah, it's um, I mean, Seattle's secondary is awful. Awful. So, yeah, like I would I would have loved to play him in this matchup, but after watching last week, I just. Uh, I don't know. I think the level of explosivity from the offense as a whole maybe is a, is a little overstated at the moment. I think maybe they're figuring it out, but I think the biggest problem is the offensive line. I mean, there were a couple plays where he probably could have had big plays. Maybe guys open deep, but he just have, doesn't have time for that to develop. Explosivity is my new favorite word. Thank you for that. It's, um, it's probably not. I'm sure it's not a word. <laughs> I mean, pricing Wilson and Murray next to each other, like you're looking at that thinking like, why would I play Murray? Right. Um, but maybe that's yeah, why so- you play Murray. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk, Matt Ryan. I feel like Matt Ryan's been very quiet so far. But you, you look and quiet. I say quietly. He has three hundred plus yards and multiple touchdowns in all three games. Yeah. Season. I was I was kind of surprised by that. I didn't really know Atlanta was going off quite that much. You know, obviously I follow this really closely. I was surprised to see he's been that good so far. Yeah, it's um like the good games you he has. You're just like, well, yeah, of course. Like he has Julio yeah. Jones and Calvin Ridley. Like, of course he's gonna have a good game. But like, um. Yeah, like last week, 304 and three touchdowns against uh, the Colts. And I mean, completing 29 of 34 passes is kind of crazy. Uh, but he, yeah, I, I think it's weird that he's, that he's priced there. Like Atlanta's favorite at home. He's had, I mean, he's averaging more points over this very short season than like most of the guys in front of him. Um, I mean, he's averaging 25 points per game. And not that like this is some great advanced stat here, points per game. But like Wilson and uh, Jackson and Brady 
Oh, Mahomes, obviously, are like the only ones ahead of him who are averaging more. And he probably has a better matchup than all of them this week. Yeah, I, I always love them in the dome. You know, I think that, yeah. uh, you know, Tennessee hasn't given up a 300 yard passer yet, but they did give up five touchdowns the last couple of weeks to Brissett and, and Gardner Minshew. Hardly, uh, right. hardly Fran Tarkin and Bart Starr right there. So it's, uh, <laughs> you like those names? Those were probably their stats, though. Probably the most two random names I could come up with. Those were still Hall yeah. of Famers are really good. I could have gone, you know, Joe Montana and Steve Young, but uh, instead I went to uh, Tarkenton. I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> Dropping down a little bit, uh, you know, last week was a, a really good week to drop down with Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen. Both had four touchdowns. Both went crazy. Uh, how do you feel about Jones and Kyle Allen this week? Uh, Jones is 5,300 on DraftKings, 7,300 on FanDuel. Kyle Allen is 5,200 and 6,800 respectively. Uh, are you planning on playing either of them this week? Uh, I played Allen in cash last week. Uh, I remember. I was That was a great call. 4,000 is very different than 5,200, though. Uh, yeah. And at Houston is very different than at Arizona. And so for sure, I, I don't consider I'm not considering Kyle Allen at all. Um, Jones, you have to consider um, playing Jones and Gallman together in cash is nuts. Um, I'm just going to say that because <laughs> if I re-listen this podcast, when I have the two of them in there, then I'll remind my, it'll remind myself to um, to not do that. But I'm I'm impressed you're going back to re-listen to the podcast. Uh, I said if I, I, I would yeah. I would have thought an hour and fifteen minutes of hearing my voice was plenty for you. <laughs> um, but I think if you're going to consider Daniel Jones, you have to consider Case Keenum. And when you're considering Case I don't, Keenum, uh, I don't disagree. And and I've gotten to the point where if I'm considering Case Keenum, I'm going to not play Keenum and anybody that I am considering with him. <laughs> but I mean, he's so got case Keenum has multiple touchdowns in every game. Yes. He has 300 plus yards in two of those three. Yes. The giants have allowed 380 plus yards in two of the three games, yep. uh, past 380 plus passing yards. Uh, case Keenum's bad. He was horrible last week, mm-hmm. but that's real football. He had the five turnovers himself, two fumbles and three picks. Um, he was horrible, but that is the bears defense. This he is the benched. giants defense. Uh, 4,900 in DraftKings, uh, I can fully get behind. If you wanted to punt, uh, I'd go Keenum over Jones this Ooh. week to believe it. Yeah. Do you have no consideration that he might get benched? Uh, I have a small consideration he might get benched, but if he didn't get benched last week, um, I don't think he's, they're quite ready for Haskins. I think they want to bring, I think they know that this year's done. I don't think they want to rush Haskins. I think like week 10, we see Haskins for the rest of the way, probably. Okay. The, the counter to that I heard is that why throw Haskins in mid game against the bears? When it's already right. over. And apparently, like, the, the second team splits, the second team quarterback are, are split between yeah. Haskins and someone else. I forget. It was, like, I want to say Brady Quinn, but I know he's an announcer. It was someone like that. Colt McCoy. Is still oh, there you go. The yeah. same same person. Yeah. yeah. Good-looking good, look, good looking quarterback that uh, I remember from college. But, right, right. Um, Perfect Texas name, Colt McCoy. Yeah, like Colt McCoy in there is that. I mean, Colt McCoy is, like, the, the downside of Case Keenum without the upside. So I just don't <laughs> see that one at all. Um, I, I, Keenum has a ton of risk. You're, I mean, he could get benched. You're right. If he has, it has another three turnover first half, they'll probably go to McCoy and, you know, save Haskins. But, um, I just think the, the upside with Keenum at that price is very real, which you don't get very often a quarterback at that price. I mean, 320 yards and three touchdowns would not be crazy this week. And when he has Terry McLaurin, who is freaking awesome catching the ball, um, you know, it's possible. I, I don't know if I'm going to go with it, but uh, I prefer it over Jones and Allen myself. You could game stack this game too. Uh, you, I mean, you fully could. I mean, it's a 49 and a half yeah. over under. 
You could go. You could and go. Everything's Keenum, so cheap. Keenum, Keenum, McLaurin, Gallman, all uh, all pretty cheap is uh, is is a really good start. You could you could jack up the rest of your roster. But even if you flipped it, I mean, all, the Giants pieces are all cheap too. Like it's not yeah. like Keenum saving you that much from Jones. You could play Jones, uh, Shepard, Ingram, yeah, um, really McLaurin, nice. Thompson. Like it's there's a lot of guys that you can play in this game, and um, I I wonder if the prices almost make people not want to stack because you're just like, when you actually look at the pieces, you're just like, Oh, I'm not sure I can really win this that much money with these guys, but like, or it's going to be and, so owned because it's easy. And my big concern is that you flip this game on at halftime and it's nine, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it just have that feel like two bad teams. You're like, Oh, they got to score points. Maybe I just, uh, I I'm surprised you even bad. gave them a touchdown. Yeah, I think well, yeah, defensive score. Oh, there you I go. Think the, yeah, I think the defenses are so bad that we will get a lot of points. But yeah. it, it's it's one of those plays that like could go crazy. But it's it, but it, it comes with a lot more risk than saying like a Kansas City stack. Obviously, uh, it's it's but one of those stacks that you could like see that you're looking at the millionaire maker standings at the end of the day. You're like, oh, you know that makes that makes sense to stack this game. Uh, I definitely don't hate it. I will probably have a couple GPP entries where I play uh, multiple guys in this game. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we saw it last week with the Giants and the uh, and the Bucks. Like that was a perfect game stack. Like and and with the Giants guys, like Jones, Shepard, Ingram, Mike Evans, like that worked. Yep. And so, um, I mean, David Jones had forty points on DraftKings yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Two rushing touchdowns probably doesn't happen all yeah. that often, but ain't gonna happen, and that that boosted it. But you take those out, and he still is in, in the high twenties, low thirty. Yeah, I mean, that's a, still a really good game. And when you look at like the pay down options, um, like looking on DraftKings, you're definitely playing Jones or Keenum over Cousins, Trubisky, Mariota, Kyle Allen, like, Derek Carr, Brissett. I mean, right, it's not even yeah, close. The, the upside matchup is, I mean, there's so much. Difference. I mean, the Redskins have given up. The Redskins have yet to give up less than three ta- passing touchdowns in a game yet this year. That's that's awesome. <laughs> three three each week. Like they are getting roasted on defense. Yeah. It's just uh, I, I I could play Jones or Keenum and be happy with it. I, I probably would take Keenum over Jones just because I you know, save the four hundred bucks and I like the upside a little more. But I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue if you want to play Jones. Uh, you know, with with uh, Shepard or Ingram at all. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want, want to use just like fantasy points allowed to positions like it's some great stat. But if you just go to the, on RotoWire, like we have a. DraftKings points allowed to wide receivers this season. Number one, the Giants. Number two, the Redskins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't like love that stat there either. When you get some outliers and you, you get guys at the top every week, uh, it, it becomes very real. Right. I use that one more for quarterback uh, consideration just because it takes the rushing stats out. Um, but, like, the, this is going to be such a gross game. You're right. It's going to be 9 <laughs> Yeah, I hope not, but it, you know, it has that potential to turn on halftime and realize that you've made a, a big mistake. What it, where where do you put Stafford versus these those guys? Um, I I prefer both those guys to Stafford. Okay. Okay. I, I think the the game script works out well for Stafford. I just don't love Stafford. I don't love that offense. I think I'd rather play I'd rather play Galladay or Marvin Jones and try to hit it that way than I would Stafford over either of these either of these guys. Okay. I get it. Um, let's jump into wide receivers. Kind of gone a little bit long here, but uh, at the top of wide receivers, you mentioned uh, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. We were talking about Goldman and kind of uh, going to a big receiver. We mentioned Julio Jones. We we're talking about Matt Ryan. 
Julio scored in seven straight games. The whole uh, Julio Jones doesn't score touchdowns thing has gone out the window pretty quick. The uh, thing I like about Hopkins, uh, you know, with with stud wide receivers, quiet back-to-back weeks. He's five for 40 and six for 67 in the last two weeks. Hmm. Uh, Carolina's been pretty good against the pass. Uh, Chris Godwin did have a big game against them uh, week two. Um, I just tend to love kind of the star big-time receivers off bad games. I think you get a, lot, a little squeaky wheel in practice. I think you, DeAndre Hopkins has probably uh, mentioned his bad stat lines in practice a couple times this week, and they they will know about that. Um, if I had to go with someone in this range, uh, I like Hopkins a lot. I also like Odell Beckham a lot this week. Really? Do. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I think there's a clear top three, and it, and it, they happen to be the three most expensive on, on DraftKings, yep. like Jones, Hopkins, and Keenan Allen. Um, why do you like Beckham this week? Uh, I like Beckham this week. Got nine targets every game, so they're really going to him a lot. And I love that a guy that explosive is getting getting targets. He's only six fifty six last week. I think the game script is going to be pretty good. I think Baltimore is going to put up points, 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 and I think Baker's going to have to throw the ball the entire second half. Uh, they gave up two touchdowns to McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson last week. They gave up one hundred plus yards to Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald the week before. So I think that uh, if you're going to attack Baltimore, it's through the air. It's through really, with really good receivers. Uh, I just think that Beckham's going to be low owned this week. I don't think anybody's going to take him over Jones. Hopkins or Allen and people will gravitate towards those three guys. Um, you give me someone that talented, that many targets in a game that is a really good, what I think is going to be a really good game script for a receiver. Uh, I love you getting him at low percentage price this week. Well, that's a pretty good argument. Thank you. <laughs> every, every once in a while it happens. Every once in a while it happens. Um, I just, yeah, uh, I, I, I love, I love getting Beckham in a game where they're going to, I think they have to throw the ball the whole second half. I think Baltimore's going to score a lot. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see it. I mean, obviously it just depends on whether, uh, Mayfield has enough time to throw because although Cer- Beckham certainly true. Beckham can take something short and go pretty long with it yeah. with his speed. Those so. those other the top three guys are certainly safer this week. And you know, I mean Keenan Allen, we he kind of goes untalked about a lot. He has forty two targets. I think he le- he leads wide receivers in targets, yards, and catches. That, that that's yeah. a pretty good uh, pretty good triple crown right there. <laughs> that's usually what you want. Yeah. I mean, is there a uh, concern that they can score enough without him uh, and then hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so I, mean, I think that he he could he could have 130 yards and a touch touch or two in the first half, and then all of a sudden that you know, who cares? Um, if I'm going to go uh, wide receiver in this game, though, I'm going to drop down and, and play Mike Williams instead. Really? Yep. Wow. 4,800 on DraftKings, his lowest DraftKings price yet. Uh, played full 70 snaps last week. Uh, there was a little bit concern about uh, about that injury, but you know, only seven targets, but he's 345. I just think he's the explosive big play guy they're going to get in the first half. Um, if I'm going to play a Chargers receiver, uh, I'm going to save the money and uh, and hope that uh, Williams in the first half is better than or as good as Allen in the first right. half because I right. think that the second half could not be much. I'd rather pay down for that and pay up for one of these other guys and th- get that piece of the uh, the San. Or I keep calling him San Diego the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> off. Um, do you consider Julio Jones number one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Julio's the best receiver in football. I'd probably go Hopkins this week off the two quiet weeks, but uh, I wouldn't argue either way. And if I'm playing in a team and I'm playing Matt, Matt Ryan, I'm certainly stacking Julio in that game. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, have, I, I think Julio's the best receiver in football. I have no problem ever playing him, especially in the Dome. Okay, okay. I like it. Um, this next tier has, like, a bunch of guys. It's, I mean, I'm going to – I'll put Watkins at the top of it because you mentioned him earlier. But um, we've got right. some obvious cash game guys like Cooper Cup, who's been really good. Um, he's now more expensive than than Cooks and Woods, which was only a matter of time on DraftKings just because of the um, the catches. Is it a Tyler Lockett week? 
crazy. So first of all, on Cup, you said that, but he's actually, he's the cheapest of the three on FanDuel, believe it or not. Well, yeah, um, it's, a, it's all the catches and no touchdowns. Although he had uh, yeah, but two last week. But. I think Cooper Cup is just really good. He just gets yeah. open. Um, Lockett's interesting. Like everybody freaked out week one. He had the two targets. He has 26 targets yeah. the last two weeks. <laughs> I think he's fully game flow. I think Tyler Lockett's really good. I just worry a little bit that Seattle runs the ball a ton of this yeah. game, especially in the second half. Um, yeah, I, I like Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's really good. Can go off anytime. I just think I'm probably, uh, I'm probably going Sammy Watkins instead this week at, at pretty much uh, the same price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that makes sense. Like I, as much as I hate to rely on Russell Wilson, Lockett is ten times more that. Um, so I tend to stay away from him. Uh, we mentioned Galladay. Kind of mentioned Shepard as we move down the list. Um, uh, Marquise Brown is is sort of in this range as well on DraftKings. But the one guy that's a little above them uh, is Josh Gordon. And with Edelman banged up, obviously Antonio Brown isn't there anymore. Is the New England pass-catching situation worse or better than the running back situation in terms of figuring out who to get? Uh, or do you just ignore it because of be- Buffalo? Better but barely? Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at Gordon. He has 73 and 83 yards in the two games Antonio Brown did not play. So that's uh, that's good. He had 11 targets last week, which yeah. is you know it's also really good. Uh, yeah, I have no problem. Uh, I have no problem playing. I just don't really love this game. I yeah. like the Buffalo defense is pretty darn good. If I were to play a receiver in this game, I think it would be um, it would be Josh Gordon for what is that a thousand cheaper on DraftKings than than at, or six hundred cheaper than DraftKings on Edel, than Edelman and with Edelman a little bit banged up. Edelman was really good against Buffalo last last year, and they have trouble guarding guys in the slot. That was as the uh, the Jamison Crowder fourteen catch game was it was against Buffalo. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably go Gordon if I had to go, but I just I think I like Galladay, I like Sterling Shepard, I like uh, other guys a little more in the range. Yeah, uh, that, that going against the Buffalo defense. Yeah, I see that. Um, and by the way, I am off New England running backs again forever. I just uh, Sony Michelle scores in the first quarter and doesn't like touch the ball again. It's just it's so maddening. Right. It's weird to see like an eight points with a touchdown uh, in the NFL often for a guy who's a starter. But... And he scored in like the first five minutes of the game. I was yep. I was like I had him on one of my teams. I'm like oh here we go. This is gonna yeah. be good. He's gonna really roll twenty one carries the week before and just disappeared. No, it's a Rex Burkhead game, of course. Yeah. Um, I think the problem with pretty much all of these guys in this range and they all have plenty of GPP upside. Like nobody's surprised if Galladay has three touchdowns or whatever, but um, it seems like for cash games or people looking for floor, like the group below this, it seems so much better. Like um, Larry Fitzgerald at 5,600, like Christian Kirk is 500 less. Um, I think you can flip a coin each week or just take the cheaper one each week. It doesn't really matter. Like they're going to throw so much, um, Fitzgerald presumably has more uh, red zone, you know, he's more of the target in the red zone, but they have to get there and 10 catches is more valuable than one touchdown. And so that's what we get with Kirk. And then um, it just seems like we've got some cheaper guys that uh, at least me as a cash game player was, was more drawn to. And the one guy from a game that we dismissed earlier um, that I think might be worth consideration is Emmanuel Sanders. He's been he's been really really good. He's been quietly really uh, one of the better receivers in football. So what is he forty nine hundred on DraftKings? Yeah. Uh, a ton of targets. He had twenty targets for some weeks. He was quiet last quiet week. Last Green week, Bay, yeah. uh, four targets, two receptions. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think I could see that. I just think that uh, you go down four hundred bucks and you see Terry McLaurin at forty one hundred, oh, yeah. who is just horribly mispriced. Yeah, that's uh, um, the only reason I didn't mention McLaurin is because I happen to have both of them 
And so that's why they were both, yeah. he wasn't on my list, on the, the available list. Fando priced him up to 6,300 yeah. at least. 4,500 on DraftKings just makes no sense. I mean, he has, he has at least seven targets in each game. I mean, he fully passes the eye test. You watch the guy play, he's just really good. He scored each week. He had at least 60 yards each week. Uh, Mike Evans went absolutely nuts on the secondary last week. You know, Cooper, uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup went nuts week one. Uh, you know, hell, Cole Beasley and John Brown had 155 yards against these guys <laughs> week two. Like, and those, I mean, obviously those guys aren't great. John Brown's pretty good. But 4,500, I just, like, what happens where he doesn't get priced up at least in, like, 55 to 5,800 range? It's just, it's a complete mistake, and I just think he's going to be crazy high percentage. Yeah, it's it's a very weird price. And, I mean, Paul Richardson's 3,700. And while he's had two back-to-back uh, -back good games, like the, I feel like the gap between them should be much bigger than 800 bucks on DraftKings. And so um, we were talking earlier about stacking this game. Like you could get both of them uh, for the price of DeAndre Hopkins pretty much. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I think McLaurin is way underpriced uh, based on just that whole game situation. And so um, I think he'll be popular in cash games. He's dealing with a hamstring injury that um, – we taped this Friday morning, so he hasn't practiced Friday. But uh, it came up on – he was limited in Thursday. So if he doesn't play, um, does that boost Richardson to you? Or is this now like maybe I'll just stay away from Washington? Uh, I'd probably just go to – I'd probably go to Mike Williams at 4,800 uh, with an easy swap. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think if you're uh, if you want to get tricky GPP, uh, you know, game theory kind of stuff, I think going Williams over McLaurin is uh, super interesting too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like Although I, I I will certainly have McLaurin in, in some GBPs. I think that he's just really really good, and I'm I'm willing to eat the eat the chalk as they say a little bit on that one. I think that uh, I think it's just a misprice. When you get a misprice, I think you just play it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, also in this range, uh, I talked about how hesitant I always am about Tyler Lockett, but I'm perfectly fine with DK Metcalf at 4800 in this game. I think that he hasn't been priced up enough yet, too. Mm -hmm. I just don't. Uh, I don't know why they haven't uh, moved him up a little bit more. And you know, it makes the game better when they do move him up. I mean, he's Metcalf is sixty one hundred on Fanduel, so they've done that a little bit there. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, I have no problem with that either. If you want to save some money from Lockett, uh, I have no problem with Metcalf. He's looked he's looked really good so far. Yeah, I mean, if there's a an issue with Metcalf, it's that he's actually not even catching that many passes. Like, um, yeah. But at least they're throwing it to him. And they're throwing they it to him, him. Right. It's, it's big explosive plays, and you're going to get a big chunk points from them when you do get them. Yeah, he is, uh, I believe I just counted, eighth in the league in air yards. Yeah. Um, so they're, I mean, they're obviously throwing to him 17.9 A dot, which is fantastic. Uh, we know Russ can throw deep. And so if one or two of those connect in a game that should have a ton of points, or at least a ton of, of uh, snaps, um, I don't see why you play Lockett over Metcalf. Um, playing both is perfectly fine, I guess, in a, G in a stack for that. Really quickly, two cheap guys uh, that I do think are interesting. Preston Williams in Miami is 3,900 on DraftKings, 5,200 on FanDuel. Uh, nice game script of them having to come behind uh, most likely against the Chargers. He had 12 targets last week. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, With the Josh Rosen, I think he has more upside. I don't think Rosen's good, but I think they're going to throw deeper with Rosen. Uh, so I think they'll be more aggressive. They're going to have to throw the ball the whole second half. He had four catches for 68 yards last week. I like him. Uh, if you wanted to save some money and maybe go a little bit different than people. Also, uh, Trey Quinn, 3,000 on DraftKings. Really good game flow. We talked about this uh, Redskins-Giants game uh, probably too much, but um, his targets have been 6, 7, and 7 the last three weeks. He has not hit 40 yards yet, so you're not going to get yards. 
Uh, you probably need to get a touchdown for it to work uh, really in a GPP. But, um, you know, I think as a, as a points per reception play at, at 3,000, if he's going to get six, seven targets every week, and they're all short ones, he's catching most of them, uh, I think he's a, a decent floor play for a, for a punt, a full punt price. Um, that is really cheap. Uh, on, the, on the Preston Williams uh, note, the, there was a video that went around Twitter that I saw that was some sort of Josh Rosen apologist account. But the number of so so many drop passes, disgusting drop passes that like if those connect so bad. Um, oh. I mean, we have Devonte Parker leads the NFL. Or I'm sorry, he did. He's no, he's now fourth. So he's fourth in the NFL with 429 air yards, and he has caught six passes this year. <laughs> six for 131, and 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 a couple of those were like easy drops yeah. too. we're not talking like contested where you got your hands on like easy like he rosen dropped it in the bucket and still dropped it. right like i also don't think rosen is good uh but if those those uh drops are catches uh i think the this conversation is very different and yeah. i don't think uh a slight miami stack is crazy for people who like to go a little crazy yeah, I, I mean, the, the the flow should work. I mean, you got to think the Chargers are going to score. I think the Chargers' defense is, especially the secondary, is pretty good. So that might be a little tough. But uh, when you throw the ball the whole second half, you, you're going to find spots. And I, like I said, I don't think Rosen's good, but I actually thought he played pretty well last week, he, considering right. his line did not look good. I think he's like 5.1 YPA. So it, he wasn't great, but the number of drop passes were, I mean, that would have significantly altered his numbers. Yeah, going 18 for 39, uh, you can't blame that completely on drops. But right. I mean, if you can get Parker and Williams for uh, eight thousand combined, um, which I don't think is crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but I think it's acceptably crazy. Yeah, and I think that the the key with Rosen is they were throwing the ball deep, so they, they may yep. not look good in a real football stat line, but we just care about uh, if you get a couple of big plays in there, you can you can significantly alter your your lineup. Exactly, like that's that's why people uh focus on a dot and air yards so much like long touchdowns are so valuable uh for gpps and rosen is throwing deep so it just takes one day for those to pay off uh let's jump into uh tight ends uh, to to finish off here uh but first a note from our sponsor side boss hey football fans week four the nfl season is here and lucky for you side boss has you covered if you miss entering the Side Boss Pro Pick'em contest, it's not too late to join. Not too late to join Week Four and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em work contest, where players choose five games against spread every week, Side Boss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Side Boss weekly or daily free two-play games. Get all the picks correct, and boom, you win cash and entry into Side Boss. $150,000 private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE. So tight ends, uh, you know, obviously at the top, we, uh, we always talk about Travis Kelsey, double digits on DraftKings in 18 straight games. We believe that. That's nuts for a tight end. Yeah, 88 yards in all three games this year, 7,200 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel. Obviously, he is priced up above everybody else, 1,500 more than the next guy, who's Evan Ingram, who I assume you like because Evan Ingram is your boy. Yeah, my boy so much that I have yet to roster him, and I don't think I'm going to roster him this week. Just just out of spite, you're not going to roster him again? I don't know. It it just seems like every week um, it's more like, all right, if I'm going to pay up a tight end, then uh, I end up with Kelsey. And not that, like, Kelsey's been bad. Uh, The... One thing about Ingram uh, from last week, like he he had another huge game last week, um, six catches on eight targets for 113. But one of them was like it was a 75 yard touchdown. 
So like overall, it wasn't like a great game. He he obviously has the speed to break those long plays, but um, it's not like it was a, a buildup of all these short passes. And then finally he was right. like paid off. So a lot of that came in one play, but again, he's a player who can do that. Um, and does have 30 targets his first three games. That's wild. That's yeah. Uh, and that's with like two quarterbacks. Like, it's not like it's the same quarterback who's throwing to him all the time. I and mean, they just don't have pass catchers. Like it's Ingram and it's Shepard and that's it. And now they don't even have Barkley who, who I think was leading them in target or led them in targets last year. And I was so, just saying, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you, you got to think that no Barkley makes Ingram much more interesting. You, you, you have to think. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think. I think there's plenty of positives with Ingram, and to fade him is only because you're either paying down or you think uh, Kelsey outdoes him. And I, I mean, I feel like we completely just scoffed at the idea of playing Darren Waller last week, and. My God, he, like what he a only, game. He only, had, he only had 13 catches. Only 13 catches for 134. I mean, he didn't score. I mean, if you're going to do that, at least score a touchdown. But um, yeah. I, I feel like every week we're going to be like, I, you know, Oakland is not that good. Carr's not that good. But he's throwing to Waller so much. You think they're going to have to throw in this game because they're going to be behind. Um, is this like going to be the recipe like every week with Waller that we just like he's going to get the catches because they're going to be throwing and who's he, who else is he throwing to? Yeah, I mean, you got to consider him pretty much a wide receiver. It's him and Tyrell Williams, and then just uh, not nothing else like right. JJ Nelson, Kendall Doss, the the star of Hard Knocks. Um, <laughs> I there's just not a lot there, and you know Waller is a uh, is athletic enough where he can essentially play wide receiver. Yeah. So it's a, he's a really athletic tight end. Um, nice game script for the passing game. I think Indy controls this game. Um, yeah, I don't love Derek Carr either, but he likes to get rid of the ball so quickly that a tight end is a really good outlet for him. So it, it works out pretty well, fits well. There's a reason that I didn't like Antonio Brown in this offense because I just thought that um, you know Carr wouldn't be able to wait long enough to get him open deep. Obviously, we never saw if that was true or not. But um, 26 catches yeah. on 29 targets for Waller. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> when when your quarterback wants to get rid of the ball in 1.6 seconds. Uh, right. You know, a quick athletic tight end and get open quick for, you know, six, eight yard, 10 yard catches is good. And, and Waller's athletic enough that he can turn that into longer yards. He can also get downfield too. They do throw the ball to him uh, downfield too. So it's a, it's a really good mix. He's priced. Uh, he's finally priced up a little bit. He's 5,200 on drafting 67 on a Fandle. So you don't get the, you know, not in the three thousands anymore. So that uh, th- it makes it a little bit different. Yeah. He's a league leader in tight end receptions and yeah. only Ertz who has an extra game and Ingram have more targets. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's pretty wild how uh, how quickly he's joined kind of that uh, that top five group. Yeah, yeah. I what think, about what about? Oh, oh go, ahead, go ahead. No, no, because no, I'm skipping all the way down. Oh, I was gonna go one uh, before I went all the way down. Uh, how do you feel about Mark Andrews this week off the off the really quiet game last week? He only had 15 yards, still had seven targets though. I I don't see how I take him over Waller or Ingram. Okay. Uh, that's kind of and so I think he'll be lower owned because I think a lot of people will think that. Um, especially coming in questionable, even though he's probably fine. So um, that's, that's how I look. I think there are better guys that are in, that are close enough in price that uh, I'm, I'm not sure I need, uh, I need Andrews. Okay. Well, let's drop down. I have uh, uh, 4,000 and under, I have two guys bolded and uh, neither of them is the guy that you're going to talk about. Thank God, because I think the guy I'm going to talk about is going to be the biggest trap of the entire weekend. <laughs> and so I would like somebody else to play. Oh, well, you go ahead. No, why don't you tell me about Will Disley? Then? Okay. So, uh, Will Disley is the uh, Seahawks starting tight end. He's 3,600. They have basically no other tight ends. Um, he has 11 catches for 112 yards in the last two games. And you're thinking, why do I like this guy? He has three touchdowns and he's playing the Cardinals. And like, 
and he's 3,600 on DraftKings. And that's it. Um, you're relying on Russell Wilson to continue to throw in the end zone to Disley, who has 12 targets over these two games. So it's not even like he's a high volume guy. And the matchup at Arizona, who is horrible. I mean, we, I feel like at every position, we talk about how bad Arizona is. Um, nobody has given up more points to tight ends by like a ridiculous margin. We saw the huge game from TJ Hawkinson, a huge game from uh, Andrews, and a huge game from Greg Olson against um, Arizona. And so everyone's like, well, it's Disley's turn, and he's cheap, so lock him in. And it's, I mean, this guy, we've, I, I need somebody else. He's not this good, and I'm, if, I almost feel like you should just, they should just price 3,600 and just write like tight end against Arizona. And that should be it because that's the only real thing that people have to take this guy. And you mentioned the three guys that went off. I mean, those are all three guys that are pretty focal points in their offense. Yeah. I mean, the, Hawkinson, maybe, maybe not yet, you know, hasn't been good since then, yeah, but just <laughs> um, is just, I just think he's kind of just a guy. I think you have to get a touchdown for this to work. There's not going to be, I don't think there's going to be a eight catches for 90 yards, which, you know, works really well without the touchdown. I think you have to get a touchdown. And I just tend to not guys like that. And there's, there's two guys I like more in the range. All right, who we got? So I don't have to pay 3600 for four points from Disley. You want the more expensive one or the cheaper one first? Well, they're both pretty cheap, so it doesn't. I'll take the more expensive one. Uh, the most expensive one is DraftKings is 4000 uh, and it relies on T.Y. Hilton not playing, but it's Eric Ebron. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play, I think this is a really nice play. I think that they're going to uh, control the game. I think it's going to be a lot of short passing, a lot of running with Marlon Mack. Uh, Ingram had uh, three catches, 47 yards last – or uh, sorry, Ebron had uh, three for 47 last week. Uh, Irv Smith had 60 yards against the against the Raiders last week. I don't even really know who that is except for the <laughs> fact that he uh, – I remember him in college a little bit, but you know, not a guy that we were – anybody's looking to play last week. Uh, Kelsey had a big game against them. I just don't – I don't – I don't. the Raiders don't scare me at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's tough because I do like Galladay and Marvin Jones. So it has to be a lineup. But I don't play those guys. But I think Ebron at 4,000, I don't think anybody will go to him. I think everybody will go to Disley or Austin Hooper uh, or Mark Andrews instead. I think very underowned. And if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play, I think he becomes the red zone uh, receiving guy that uh, the percent looks to. I, I don't know why. Maybe I cash something bigger with Ebron. But, like, I tend to have a soft, soft spot for him. Like I'm always like, oh, Ebron's pretty cheap, and I'm like, oh wait, yeah, he's appropriately cheap. So, um, so you won't hear an argument against him because I always think he's okay. Uh, I think he uh, outpoints Will Disley, and I would, uh, if I could prop that, I would. Okay, okay. My other guy is uh, someone we mentioned who has been uh, your word horrible lately is T.J. Hawkinson. Mm. Uh, Two catches for eight yards last two weeks. Uh, I watched that game last week a lot against Philly. I like watching the Eagles, so I kind of had that as one of the main games I have on on one of the screens. Hawkinson almost had, I think it was three touchdowns in that game. One was called back on a holding penalty, and he was targeted on a couple others where the ball just kind of jumped out of his hand. Um, I love Jumped out of his hand. What a great phrase. It did. (laughs) I love guys who like almost score and uh-huh. are very involved in the red zone, but don't. He, had, he only had four targets, but I think three of them were in the red zone last week. Um, <clears throat> I just think that this KC game, they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to score. It's a really nice game script for any kind of pass catcher. And I just think at 3,300 on DraftKings, the upside is significant for a tight end at 3,300. I would take him over Will Disley any day. Um, I get that he's been bad, but he showed the explosiveness week one. He had the, all the air yards, and they obviously like him. They use him a lot. Um, I just think the game script works. I think the price is the, the 
the most important thing with Hawkinson. I just I think he's better than Disley as a player. And I think he's a better situation this week. I think he's a better game script this week and a little bit cheaper. I think he's a better player, and I think he scores this week and, and smokes Disley. I think there, the, the, the list of guys who are actually better than Disley is not short. So, like— <laughs> True. Um, I had Hawkinson—was it last week? Uh, no, two weeks ago in cash. And— he was a disaster, but like the number of times I, uh, the, uh, Rotowire discord, uh, chat is like very active on Sundays. Like people talking about plays and all this stuff. And like the number of times people are like Hawkinson. Oh wait, he's coming back. Hawkinson. Oh wait, no, that is a flag. <laughs> oh, he just, Hawkinson just dropped a, a long one. And I'm just sitting there like doing my best not to like watch the lions game. Um, right. but it was like all these like, Oh my gosh, almost. And so, I mean, Kansas city, um, defense isn't anything that we need to fear. And so I, um, I like it. I just, uh, the nice thing about fading Disley, uh, at least in cash games, is that you don't have to worry about some monster game. Right. Yeah, like if he scores twice, maybe you're in trouble, but you're not going to get a 6-1-20 game out of Disley. Right, and so like if you, like I'm trying to say, yeah, 22 points. I mean, 22 points is not nothing for a tight end. Um, Oh, I mean, that would be, at his price, that'd be a big game. Exactly. but like I, uh, you, you're not, you know, I think the floor is a problem with Disley too. I think that, uh, you know, he could go three thirty-five with no touchdowns, and you're not, you're not surprised at all. Right, right. You're getting what you paid for, and so yeah. it is a little odd that they haven't priced him up because he has these touchdowns. But um, well, he's he's Will Disley. Exactly, exactly. And so I think people I will I have like, him. I don't like playing guys like that off good games. I yeah. just uh, I'd rather play a better player off a bad game, and uh, maybe I'm weird that way. But I just, uh, I don't know, not for me. Um, I mean, he has, I hope he's like 60% owned. He has more touchdowns than Travis Kelsey. Three Uh, times the touchdowns. Do you think that'll be the case at the end of the year? Uh, I don't care about the end of the year. I care about this week. Do you think that'll be the case this week? No, no. I think that the, the positive with Disley, uh, with fading Disley in certainly in cash games is that a monster Disley game, uh, is so much lower than a monster Wayne Gallman game. And obviously their prices are not quite the same, but Gallman plays a, a position where there are more points. And so right. if you're looking at that thing, like I can get, I can get away without a big Disley game. Cause again, a big Disley game is like 20 points. And I'm not saying Gallman's going to just put up a 40 burger here, but like it's, he, he has the opportunities there. Whereas Disley is very dependent on a lot of things happening and falling in place perfectly to have like a Gallman regular, you know, moderate game for his price. And so when you're looking at like low price players of like, do I need this player in cash games? Just think like if he has a huge game, am I dead? And a huge game from Disley is, is lower than a huge game from Gallman or, or other low price guys. And so Disley is going to be a little easier to, to fade. Fully agree there. Uh, lastly, got really quick. We've gone a little bit long here on defense. Uh, is there anybody you love on defense as kind of an off the wall uh, play? Denver. Oh, that's my favorite on DK too. Um, yeah, yeah twenty nine hundred. Uh, you know how many sacks? You know how many sacks Denver has this year as a team? Is it still zero? It's still zero. <laughs> oh God! Uh, they should really hire like a defensive head coach to get that problem. Oh wait, that's right. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's uh, weird. I think that changes. I think they're probably so damn tired of hearing about that this week that uh, Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, uh, I think, will be in the backfield uh, extensively. Yeah, and and you're we're relying on Gardner Minshew to have like another solid game, like in Denver. So, like, I think people kind of underestimate the altitude. Like, there there is a difference. They took advantage of it for years, and the team's just not as good anymore. But um, I think there's there's something there, and like. 2,900, you're obviously not getting the same thing as like the Chargers against Miami. Um, or uh, I, I'm, I was actually surprised to see Jacksonville so expensive uh, playing at Denver, even though like Flacco's not that good. But to, you need like a lot of turnovers for 3,700 to pay off for an away team playing. Um, are they, they're not even favored, right? I mean, I can't imagine they're favored. So I don't know. That's a weird place. Uh, so I, I think like Denver's easy. favored by two and a half. Right. Uh, I, Jacksonville had Jacksonville had nine sacks last week on right. Thursday. That's, so that's why. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, the defense I like is uh, Minnesota at the Bears. Thirty four hundred on DraftKings down to they're four thousand on Fanduel. <laughs> they're really cheap on Fanduel. They're they're cheaper than Denver on Fanduel. Um, I just think this defense is really good. They have four sacks in two different games. I think Mitchell Trubisky is really bad. I think he, uh, I think Trubisky makes a couple mistakes. You know, it's a defense. You never know whether it turns into touchdowns or turns into nothing. Uh, but I think Minnesota gets opportunities to make plays. And uh, when I'm when I'm paying down a little bit at a defense, they're not as cheap on DraftKings, but they are they are on FanDuel. Uh, you know, I want opportunity. I think Minnesota wins this game as an underdog. So if Ooh. you want underdog uh, underdog bet, I think they cut they. Uh, they cover this game and win straight out. I think they're a better team than Chicago. I think Chicago's a little bit smoke and mirrors right now. I think Trubisky's a problem. And I think Minnesota defense takes advantage of it. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, so that's uh, that's where I'd go on defense. I think that uh, I think the Rams are kind of interesting too. Yeah, I think yeah. that uh, Jameis makes a couple mistakes and they're uh, you know priced up a little bit, but I think everybody up in that range will go uh, Chargers or New England or Baltimore instead. I think the Rams slide through at a, at a pretty low percentage and uh, give you some upside too. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and even in the cheaper range, like if you could just forget about the teams and you're like, which quarterbacks uh, are they facing and are there turnovers there? Like. Washington at 2,800 on DraftKings, like playing Daniel Jones, who's coming off this great game, but like it's very possible he crashes back down. And so I yep. don't think that's bad at all. Um, and you could do the same thing with Houston, um, home against Kyle Allen at 3,100. Like that's not so bad. And you game-wise, like you would expect the Colts to do pretty well against Oakland, although it just doesn't seem like they're probably going to throw in like dangerous enough situations to create turnovers, but they're 3,100 on DraftKings too, which seems pretty cheap uh, home against yeah. Raiders. In the NFL, I think uh, coordinators and defenses are so smart that I think a full game of film is a significant uh, difference than no games. Totally. Of film. Agree. So that with, with, with Allen and Daniel Jones, I think that's important. And I think the defensive coordinators, you know, with uh, a full seven days to break down that film, uh, probably figure some stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We greatly appreciate you listening. Greatly appreciate it if you could rate or review the podcast. Also, if you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. Any uh, comments or questions you have, uh, do, do hit us up there. We'd be happy to uh, answer or uh, you know address or uh, do stuff in the next podcast. Hope everybody has a fantastic week four. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.